see. Let's all stand if you would, and we're going to worship the Lord. We're going to open up the heavens ask the Lord to meet with us this morning. Amen. Here we go.
this morning. He's a miracle-working God. He can do everything he tells us. With him, nothing is impossible. Can I get an amen this morning? He's our way maker. Let's sing this together.
I want you to put a smile on your face this morning. Turn to somebody, tell them God is good this morning. Amen. Let's fellowship for just a little while. place and be seated if you would for just a second. Man. God is in this place, amen. His presence is in this place. I'm going to give you the announcements this morning. Brother Martin is uh, on spring break with his family. They are heading towards the beach somewhere, and so uh, we'll pray for them. I know let's pray for many uh, that uh, spring break is this week, and uh, some are on the road. So let's pray for traveling grace and mercy for everybody. Uh, let's start with first things first. If you are a guest today, a first-time visitor or second-time visitor, would you raise a hand up? We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to get you a card if you would. Uh, so our ushers are going to get you a card. Fill that out. Put it in the basket on your way out the door today. We're so glad that you're here today. I want to point out Brother Daryl Davis. Brother Daryl, raise your hand over there. Brother Daryl went to high school with me and Julie. So do not ask him any stories, all right? <laughs> Brother Darrell, I'll make a deal with you. No stories on me. I won't tell any stories on you. Amen? All right. But uh, thank you all for being here this morning. It's, uh, boy, what an honor and privilege to see you guys this morning. Amen? So good to be here this morning. Uh, just a few announcements. Uh, it is spring break, and what we traditionally do is we uh, don't have our Wednesday night services, so we will be taking a break. No Wednesday night activities uh, due to spring break this week. Uh, we will do uh, Wednesday morning Bible study, because that's all old people anyway. Uh, so <laughs> the old people will still gather, uh, but we've got so many of our children's workers and stuff uh, out for spring break, and uh, it just makes everything harder. So no services this week due to spring break, and then we'll uh, we'll crank back up the next Wednesday night. Uh, don't forget, we always have Sunday school, 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Uh, and we also always need teachers and helpers, uh, especially with children and toddlers. So if you can help uh, Wednesday nights, especially we've, uh, we've been overrun with kids and that's a good thing. Amen. God's been blessing us, uh, but we need adults to help corral them. Amen. Uh, you say, well, brother Mark, I don't have a rope to corral with. We will provide the rope for you. Amen. Uh, just show up. We need warm bodies. See Miss Cindy. She's at the back back there waving her hand. See Miss Cindy, if you can help and volunteer and help her on Wednesdays or Sundays. Uh, guess what? As you can see out in the front there, springtime has arrived, which uh, means the pollen and the grass grows, and it's time for the lawn team to get going again. Amen? So if you can volunteer for the lawn team and uh, 
help with that, uh, please see me after we get through here. Amen. And uh, we are firing that up again because it already needs mowing. That's a good thing. Amen. So uh, see me if you can help us with the lawn team for spring and summer. Uh, I want to remind you, just a reminder, April's coming. And April is always one of the busiest months around uh, Landmark. All right. Uh, here's what's happening in April. And I, I'm sure I'm not even getting everything. Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, and Revival Week are all coming in uh, April. Amen. So... Uh, be prepared for that. They kind of sneak up on you. They sneak up on me. So uh, the very first Sunday of April is Palm Sunday. We'll be uh, doing the Lord's Supper uh, on that day, on that Sunday. And then the very next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Please be thinking about being here and who you can bring with you. And then Revival will be the last full week of April, all right? Sunday through Wednesday. I don't know. I think that's 23rd through 26th, maybe. Brother Herman Kramer, our friend, is coming back. Give Brother Herman a big hand. And uh, uh, we're going to have, uh, I'm trying to get the uh, Floyd boys together for one night. Amen. And our praise team's going to uh, be leading. And then uh, Monday through Wednesday night, we're going to do something a little bit different this year. I have some friends, uh, and they, uh, they lead a, a Hispanic church across town, and uh, they have a worship group called Ladder Rain. And so Ladder Rain is going to come, and they're going to lead worship for us Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And they are all a bunch of young people that love the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're going to come, and uh, we're going to have a wonderful, wonderful time. Amen. So put all that on your calendar. Uh, don't forget, giving can be done here in an envelope with uh, check or cash, but you can also give online. You go to giving.landmarktyler.com and set that up one time, and it's good to go. Uh, we are starting a new class next Sunday, March the 19th, called Life's Healing Choices. It's an eight-week class for anybody that has hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Now, look at me, everybody. Can I tell you, everybody in this room, you got one, two, or maybe all three of those. Amen. Uh, we all have some hurts. We all got some habits. And we all got some hang-ups. Amen. So it's really for everybody. It's kind of a Celebrate Recovery class. But a lot of people, when they hear Celebrate Recovery, they think, uh, well, you know, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a drug addict. Guess what? There's a lot more problems in life than those two things. Amen. So you come. It's for all of it. It's called Life's Healing Choices. I'll be leading that. Uh, it's a video-driven deal. So we'll watch a video. We'll uh, divide up into small groups. And uh, we're going to do that at 2 o'clock on Sundays for eight weeks. All right? 2 o'clock on Sundays right here. All right? And then don't forget the True Girl Pajama Party. Put that up there. Yes, sir. Uh, that is a touring group. Uh, it is not uh, an all-night deal. Some people thought pajama party meant stay up all night. It's from 630 to 9. It'll be at, um, what's the church is that at? New Life Worship Center out on 69. Uh, that's where it's at. And so it's a, a deal that they do for the uh, grandmas and daughter, uh, granddaughters and uh, moms and daughters. Miss Cindy? We only got eight tickets left. Yes, we bought 52 tickets, and we only got eight left. Amen. And so uh, if, you can afford, if you can afford to pay for the ticket, that's fine. But if you can't, uh, that never keeps anybody from doing anything at Landmark. Uh, the church will take, uh, take care of it, all right? So see Miss Cindy if you can go to that. There is a sign-up sheet on the back if you can't find her, all right? And then our life recovery class, uh, Brother Terry, today at 1, all right? All right. So we're going to continue to worship. So if you would, let's all stand. And we're going to continue to worship the Lord. Amen. We're going to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus. Amen.
tell you you're nobody you're not worth anything the devil will try to tell you you're nobody and you're not worth anything but don't you listen to them because it's not who they say you are it's who god says you are amen who you say i am let's sing that together
Please, Julie, pray for us. Father, we come to you this morning, God, just praising you that who you say we are is who we are, God. The world wants to tell us different. The world wants to tempt us. The world, the enemy, wants to pull us down, God. But those that are believers and have accepted you, Father, this morning, that are here, God, we are so grateful and thankful for our salvation. But I know there may be someone here this morning, Father, that doesn't know you in a relationship, know who you truly are, and that you have given your life for them. Lord, I pray that you would just, Holy Spirit, speak to them this morning, God. Lord, you have set us free. You set us free to walk on this earth to be the light. Lord, I just pray that you would just, as Christians, Lord, just help us to just worship you at all times, Father. In the valleys, God, just praise you. In the mountaintops, praise you, Father. If you would just be seated and just want you to take time to just pray for a moment. Just ask God to just be in this place as we um, go to him. listen to his word this morning. Just take a minute to pray. Amen. Father, have your will and your way in this place today. Holy Spirit, come and rain down this place. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And all God's people said, amen. Give the Lord one more clap offering because he's worthy. Amen. You have uh, children who would like to go to Children's Church. They can meet Miss Cindy over here at the uh, the door, if you will. We got Miss Cindy, Miss April, got all kinds of help. Give our children and our Children's Church workers a big hand, if you would, as always. Uh, this morning's a little bit different. This morning we are, today is uh, about the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God. How many believe that the Bible is the indisputable, inerrant Word of God, no mistakes? Well, hopefully if you don't believe that, maybe we can get you there by the end of this service. Amen. And we're going to start today, we always do this uh, when we have our local Gideon. We love the Gideons. You don't know what the Gideons is, hang on, because he's fixing to tell you. Uh, I'm going to introduce Brother Terry Scroggins. He is with the Gideons. It is an awesome organization that gives out Bibles all over the place. If you've ever been in a hotel room, open that drawer. That's the Gideons. You can thank them. Amen. So, Brother Terry, come on. There's a step right here. Uh, Brother Terry uh, is going to come and share with us about the Gideons, and you can uh, donate at the end of the service if you want to. All right. Thank you, brother. Can everybody hear me all right? Turn with me to your Bibles, Isaiah 55, 11. Isaiah 55, 11.
Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. First thing I want to do this morning is to uh, thank you for allowing the Gideons International to be a part of your worship service here today. The uh, most important piece of real estate on this road out here is this spot I'm standing in, and we appreciate you allowing us to come, and we thank you very much. Uh, it's good to be in uh, church this morning, isn't it? It's better than being in jail, right? <laughs> but that's exactly where a lot of Gideons are this morning, in the jails and prisons all over the world, 200 countries, 109 different languages, we print scripture. And uh, that's, that's what we do. There, there was a guy over in Cameroon. Uh, you know, it's easy sometimes for the guys in prison to, to serve the Lord when they're in the prison. It's when they get outside the walls, a hard time. And uh, he, the Gideons had placed a Bible there in his prison, and he read it, and he got outside the walls and was walking across the country and knelt on the knelt on his knees by himself and just uh, told God, this is, I'll give you my life if that's what you want. He didn't really know how to say the sinner's prayer or anything, but through that word that was left with him in that scripture. Uh, everybody knows us by this hotel, motel Bible. Uh, last I heard, and I'm sure it's gone up since I heard, but uh, we're still printing for five bucks a piece. You can find them on uh, offshore drilling rigs. You can find them in bed and breakfast, hotels, motels, doctor's offices all over the place. This is only 8% of what we do. 8% is this, is this Bible. And, and we place it there because this silent witness there, it, the, during its six-year lifetime, it, it'll come in contact with about 2,300 people, we figure, in that six, that six years. And then we uh, take it, when this cover is tattered, we take it and put a soft cover on it, take it out to prison. So we take care of what the church furnishes us. You furnish us the funds, and we get that scripture in the right place. In 1950, they did a survey of all the lower 48 states. This is, we got this information from Lifeway. In, in 1950, how many school children do you think were uh, reached with the gospel? Either went to church or had some kind of contact with the church. 1950, how many children do you think were reached with the gospel? 65%. They did the same survey in 2010, 60 years later. How many children do you think are reached with the gospel? In 2010, 4%. God's word hadn't changed. Our society has changed. Mom and daddy's not going to church. They're not taking kids to church, and they're not hearing the gospel. So we go to the schools and handies out. We went to Centerville, Texas for about the last four or five years, and we got into fifth grade, and one year the COVID kicked us out, so we got to fifth and sixth grade the next year. We tried to give them it to fifth grade, and there was a young boy, I was talking to an ag teacher at a, foot, at a basketball game here a few weeks ago, and she said that uh, there was a boy that got his New Testament, went home and read it, and uh, come under conviction of the Holy Spirit was saved. Now his whole family goes to church. See, that doesn't... That doesn't surprise us because we pray when we are in the parking lot. We take those Bibles and we say, we want these children to read this and get to know you, and we want them to get their family to go down to the local church. That's what we want. That's what we pray for. So this is 80% of what we do. 
fifth grade to college. So today, what I want to know, see my little poster over here, uh, give the word, change the life? Will you help me put this gospel in those children's hands? 200 countries, 109 different languages all over the world. First thing I want you to do is to pray for us. We want to be in the right place at the right time. We want God's speed, God's direction. In 1941, Easter Sunday, the Gideons decided they'd get a little testament to all the Pacific fleet. And look what happened that December the 7th. Pearl Harbor was attacked. Those boys on the Arizona all had a New Testament. See, we want to, as you say these days, uh, we want to be ahead of the curve. We want to be where God wants us to be. So we pray for us. That's the main thing we want from the churches. We need prayer support. Because we're a missionary organization. I, I see more missionaries come back and tell us that before they went to where they went, the, the word was there ahead of them. And that's what we want to do. We want his timing in everything that we do. Uh, first thing I want you to do is pray. The second thing I want you to do is join. If you're a business professional man, you work for yourself, you, uh, you're a teacher or whatever kind of profession that uh, they want you to do. I, I really don't understand all that. But uh, we want you. We want you to come join us because we're all getting old. We can't get a young man. I joined at 29 years old, but I wish I had another 29 I could bring in now. But uh, I, I'm just not there. Hadn't got him yet. But pray for that. And to give. Uh, you have a Gideon card rack in your hall right back here. It's a great way to, get to not only play scripture somewhere, but to give a card to someone that's in need, in memory and honor, in all types of situations that you do. Our ladies take care of a lot of that. Usually my wife comes with me and she'll go in ladies' Sunday school class and she'll talk about those cards. And uh, so that our ladies do a lot in our thing. They've been able to let our ladies do a lot more. My wife goes with me to schools now when we give out New Testaments in schools. So uh, the, we really need the ladies to come with the men when they, when they join. And uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to make sure I get everything. All right. Uh, two ways you can give is of getting cards and then the offering today. So please help us put the gospel in those children's hands. That's, what we want. that's, what, that's all we're about. Thank you very much. What? How did they receive you? Oh, the schools here? Yeah. We have a lot of trouble getting in schools here. Uh, uh, Smith County, they've given about 3,000 testaments. I know there's a lot more fifth graders in, in, in Smith County than, than that. I lived here five years back a long time ago. But uh, uh, we're in all our schools in Anderson County. We're able to get in all of those. And over in Freestone County, where I live, we've got in, in uh, all of them there. Well, I'm going to get one more i got to do this year. I haven't gotten there yet. But we, we go to all of them that we can and, and try to get them in, into the schools. Uh, I had a, a Gideon friend of mine. He's a, he has multiple doctor's degrees. This guy's real smart. And he was down on the sidewalk. We have a little orange testament that we give out to the children when we cannot get into school. If there's a public sidewalk, we can stand out there and give because it's freedom of press. And so we, we do that. And they, uh, cop car pulls up and handcuffs him and throws him in the back seat, takes him downtown. They get him down there, they can't charge him with anything because he hadn't done anything wrong. So you can't really tell. We, anytime they tell us to leave, we leave. We don't argue with them. We do what, you know, we try to stay within the law, anything we need to do. Uh, another friend of mine was in uh, Bangkok, Thailand, 
and they were giving New Testaments out in a Buddhist school. And the headmaster of school got up and said, there's some men here, and they want to give you a book. I want you to take that book, and I want you to thank them. So that's how everything's got reversed, you know. A lot of schools here won't let us in, so pray for us that we can get in. There's two schools in Leon County that I've not been able to get in the last three years. I pray that you would pray for those uh, principals that they'll let us in. Because we just have a little book that, that tells them to obey their parents and do unto others. You have them do unto you. I mean, we're not, we're not selling anything bad. We don't give the full Bible to the ch small children. You know, I don't, there's some stuff in there I don't want them to read, but this right here, they need to read. And that's what we want to do. Thank you all very much. Organizer. This also is a, something that I use. Uh, one of the New Testament classes I offer for is for $140, you can put it like this. Amen. 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 Give Brother Terry one more hand if you would. Amen. <laughs> and what I'd like to see you do uh, is uh, Brother Terry's going to be at the door on the way out when we get done today, and he's going to have that box. And if you'd like to donate, you can give on your way out. I think last year, uh, I'm kind of going off the top of my head here, but I think we gave uh, around $350. I'd like to double that this year. Amen. Uh, because, uh, like he said, for $140, you can fill that box up with those little New Testaments. And uh, it is a very good organization. Men, if you got free time, become a Gideon. Uh, the Word of God is important. Amen. The Word of God is where the good news of the gospel is. Amen. And so what I wanted to kind of expound on this, as I always do every time we have a Gideon, is why is this important? Why is the word of God important? Why is getting the word of God out important? And number one, here's the question, because we live in a culture today that says, that's just a book. That's just written by men. I could have sat down and wrote that. Well, all right, go ahead. Give it a try. Let's see how it turns out. Amen. Uh, listen, is the Bible the true word of God? So this is the big question in the culture that you and I live in. And I don't know if you realize it uh, or not, but we are living in a culture that we are like salmon trying to swim upstream, right? The devil is, everything is going against us. Everything is pushing the other direction. And we are the only ones trying to go this direction. And I'm here to tell you, if the Bible's not the true word of God, take your Bible, walk over there to that trash can in the corner and throw it away. Because what good is it? You have to make a decision today. I have to make a decision. Is the Bible the true word of God and am I going to base my life? Because everything that I live for, everything that I stand for is in that Bible. The good news of the gospel, which I am trusting my faith in to get me to heaven and to uh, give me eternal life is in the word of God. And you can't just pick and choose. We live in a culture today that says, well, I like that part. I'll live that part. I don't like this part. I'm just going to pretend that part don't exist. You cannot pick and choose. Either it's the entire word of God or none of it is the word of God. Amen? Now, I'm going to try to preach strong today, and you got to help me, all right? Amen's like sick him to a bulldog on a preacher. Amen? So you got to help me out. All right, but I'm going to go quick. I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time today. First scripture is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Uh, and it says this. Whew, come on now. Right there, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, 
for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Is the Bible true or is it not? Is that a true statement or is it not? Is Jesus who he really said he was? Or was he like a lot of people want to say, well, he's a good teacher. He was a rabbi. He was a good teacher. Uh, he was, we'll even go as far as to say he was a prophet, but he was not the son of God. Listen, Jesus himself, out of his own mouth, if he's a prophet, said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So he can't even be a prophet if that's not true. So he either is who he says he is, or he is not who he says he is. You have to decide. And again, if you're not going to believe in the Bible, you might as well, you can't just rip the pages out you don't want to live by. Amen? This scripture here, go back to 16, says this, that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And the Greek word for that is, and I'm going to butcher this, theonoustos. You know what it means? Divinely breathed, given by the inspiration of God. Divinely breathed by God. Did men write the Bible? Yes. Were they divinely inspired? Yes. Why has the Bible survived all of these years? I'm going to start off with some facts about the Bible. Number one, the Bible is the best-selling book in history, bar none. Still bestseller today. It is made up of 66 books, 773,692 words. It was written by politicians, statesmen, farmers, shepherds, peasants, musicians, poets, and even tax collectors. Even the IRS got in on some of that. Amen. It was written from 13 different countries on three different continents in three different languages. Now, you may say, well, that doesn't seem like a lot because look at all the continents. you got to remember, that's when it was written back, way back, when there weren't as many continents and there weren't as many people on those continents. So just that fact is amazing. 13 different countries, three different continents, three different languages, written over a span of 1,500 years. And here's what it does. You may say, well, that's what's confusing to me because there's the Old Testament that talks about one thing and there's the New Testament that talks about another thing. Can I tell you, no, 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 sir. No, 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 ma'am. Go back and read it all. From Genesis to Revelation, one book, one central theme going all the way through it over 1,500 years. Amen? Is that coincidence? No. Is that divinely inspired by God? Yes, yes, yes. You say, well, Brother Mark, how is it all tied together? Go back and read it. The central theme through the Old Testament is the coming Messiah. And they are waiting on this coming Messiah. And this coming Messiah is going to come, and he is going to be the salvation of his people. Now, at the time, the Jews think they're the only ones. All right? But then what you end up with is you end up, well, how does that tie in with the New Testament? Because the central theme of the New Testament is all about this guy named Jesus Christ. Guess who Jesus Christ is? He is that Messiah from the Old Testament that themes all the way through the Old Testament, then continues all the way through the New Testament because he is the fulfillment of that Messiah, the Savior of the world, who came to take away the sins of the world. Amen? All right? Now, understand this. Um, 
Here's what the Bible does. It tells us about God's character, God's nature, and the most important thing, it tells us about his redemptive plan for mankind, all the way consistent from Genesis to Revelation. Got somebody not happy back there, amen? (laughs) That's all right. Somebody told me, if you don't hear crying babies, you're in a dead church, amen? So we love crying babies around here, amen? All right. So, uh, is the Bible reliable? Uh, there is a test. In 1952, a historian named Steve Sanders came up with a test to evaluate the authenticity of historical writings. He came up with this test to test not, not the Bible, but other historical writings to see if they were accurate and they were true. All right? So, here is the three-prong test. It's got three parts. Number one, there is the internal test. Does the writing itself claim to be true, and does it contain eyewitness accounts? All right? So that's the first test of any historical account. All right? Scripture for this one. Second Peter 1.16. Peter says this, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Amen? Eyewitness accounts. All right? So it passes the first test. It says that it is the inspired writings uh, divinely breathed by God. Number two is the external test. What does outside evidence say about the Bible? Now, can I tell you, I've shared this before, every other world religion, pretty much other than atheists, uh, admit that Jesus was a real person. Uh, You go back, there's nobody that disputes in history that Jesus Christ was a real person. So again, you cannot dispute and say this guy is a fable, this is a made-up guy. He was real, he lived. Not only the Bible, but many, many, many other historical writings have writings about Jesus Christ. All right? So there is no dispute he was a real person. So the question is not was he real, because that's been proven over and over and over again. The question is, do you, what do you believe about him? Do you believe that he was who he says he was, or do you believe that he was a lunatic and a liar? Only, two, only one of those can be true. He either is exactly who he said he was, or he was a lunatic and a liar. All right? So you must understand, the external test, what does the outside evidence say? Every other world religion recognizes Jesus. Muslims say, oh, yes, Jesus. They'll even, they'll even say, you bring up Jesus to a Muslim. Oh, I love Jesus. Yes, Jesus is awesome. Good teacher, good rabbi, prophet even. If they ever say that to you, say, oh, he was a prophet? Well, let's go to this scripture right here that, where he said out of his own mouth, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Because the first rule of a prophet is, if he is not telling the truth and the truth is not coming out of his mouth, you must stone him to death. Is he a prophet? If he's a prophet, then he is exactly who he said he was. And he is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to truth. Amen? All right. So, the external test. Uh, Here is what a uh, world-leading archaeologist said. World-leading archaeologist, uh, Nelson Gluck. Gluck says, it may be stated categorically that no archaeological discovery 
has ever controverted a biblical reference. In other words, it has never disputed a biblical reference. There is no archaeological discovery where they discover it and they say, oh, well, that proves this part of the Bible is not right. Nothing, none, no. These people that want to tell you that science, you either got to go with science or religion, they've lost their mind. Nothing proves out the Bible more than archaeological evidence and science. And the more that they keep discovering, the more they keep proving, it is exactly what it said. It happened exactly the way it says it happened. So science, you can't, you can't say that. Science does nothing but prove that it is exactly who it says it is, all right? All right, and then the third uh, test is this, the bibliographic test, all right? Here's where it gets really, really good because you want to say, some people want to say, well, you know, I like the New Testament but I don't get what the Old Testament's about. And that seems like a totally different deal than the New Testament. Can I tell you this? You can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament. You got to have it. And here's the really cool test on number three, the bibliographic test. What it does is it, it takes how does the writings from earlier prove out the writings from later. Now, I didn't have poor James put all these scriptures in because... James would have been working till the end of the year. Amen. Um, but I'm going to give you these scriptures. You can go back and look them up later if you want to come and get them from me. But I'm going to give you a prophecy about Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you the scripture where it's prophesied. And then I'm going to give you the New Testament scripture where it's fulfilled. And I can't give them all to you because there's over 335. I think there's 335 prophecies about Jesus Christ. The probability for even eight of those coming true uh, I can't give you the number because it's a 10 with like 20 zeros behind it. But here was the best example I saw somebody give. The probability for even eight of those prophecies uh, being true about one person would be to take the entire state of Texas, cover it in silver dollars two feet deep, put an X on one of them, bury it somewhere in the state of Texas, blindfold you until you go, until you think you're going to stop, and then reach down in those silver dollars and find the one with the X on it. That's the probability level. Impossible. Even eight of them, and there's 335, and guess what? Jesus Christ fulfilled every single one of them. Amen. So I'm just going to do a rundown here. Born of a virgin, prophesied in Isaiah 7:14, uh, fulfilled in Matthew 1:25. Born in Bethlehem, prophesied in Micah 5:2. Uh, Came true in Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Anointed by the Holy Spirit. Prophesied in Isaiah 11, 2. Fulfilled in Matthew 3, 16. Rides triumphantly in on a donkey. Prophesied in Zechariah 9, 9. Fulfilled in John 12, 14, 15. Betrayed by Judas. Uh, prophesied in Psalm 41, 9. Uh, fulfilled in Matthew 26, 48, 49. Silent before his accusers. Uh, prophesied in Isaiah 53, 7. Fulfilled in Matthew 27, 12 beaten and spit upon, uh, uh, prophesied in Isaiah 50, 50 verse 6, uh, uh, fulfilled in Matthew 26, 27, uh, cast lots for his clothing, uh, is, uh, my brain's working too fast, I'm sorry, uh, it is uh, prophesied in Psalm 22, 18, fulfilled in John 19, 23, 24, crucified with criminals, prophesied in Isaiah 53, 12, fulfilled in Mark 15, 27, given vinegar to drink, uh, 
prophesied in Psalm 69, 21, fulfilled in John 19, 28 through 30, forsaken by God, Psalm 22, 1, fulfilled in Matthew 27, 46, pierced for our sins, uh, prophesied in Isaiah 53, 5, and fulfilled in John 19, 34, 35, he will rise again. Can I get an amen? Uh, prophesied in Psalm 118, 17 and 18, fulfilled in Mark 16, 6 through 8. That's just a few. 335 of those. Jesus fulfills every one of them. Now, here's the exciting part. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and have the band come back up because we're going to get a chance to respond to this. There are three scriptures that I'm going to give you today of prophecy to come. If all of those things were prophesied way before Jesus ever showed up, hundreds to thousands of years uh, before Jesus showed up, um, then what about the prophecies that have yet to be fulfilled? What about the truth to come? If all of that is truth and was prophesied to you and I, what about the prophecy to come? And here's the question today. It's not, are you going to die? Hello, everybody in this room is going to die. Unless the Lord comes back for us before then, everyone in here is going to die. The question is not, are you going to die? The question is not, is the Lord coming back? Yes, he is. The question is not any of that. The question is, are you ready? Are you prepared? When he comes, what will you be doing in your life? And I just want to get as blunt as I can. Will we be ashamed? Or will we say, Lord, I've been waiting on you. I was about your work, and here you are. If it's not today, there is that thing I talked about last week, repentance. We need to repent, turn the other direction. You can spend your life on a lot of different things, but none of it's going to matter. Only one thing will matter. What are you doing with Christ? What are you doing for your eternity? Are you preparing for eternity? Here's the prophecy to come. Let's start with the first one. First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. And here's the prophecy. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen? Amen? If all of those other prophecies come true, and you believe the Bible is the true and errant word of God, then you got to bank on that one. That's coming. Will you be ready? Are you ready? It could happen today. Are you ready? Let's go to the next one. Revelation 19, 11 through 16. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. And his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew except himself. And he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Amen. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword 
that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron, and he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Can I get an amen? Mm. And the last one, Revelation 7, 9 through 12 says this. And after these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God, saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Lord, we need the power of your word, the power of these prophecies to give us a sense of urgency, Lord. Time is short whether we will die and meet you or whether you come back for us and we meet you in the air. It doesn't really matter one way or another, Lord, we're going to meet you. Are we ready? Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit of God, would you have your will in your way during this time? Lord, give us repentance. Give us humility. Give us brokenness. Help us to change our lives. Help us to try to look more like you, Father God. Help us to lay our burdens at the foot of the cross. I pray for this altar today, God. Would you use this altar to bring people to you? You're here today. You've never been saved or you need to recommit your life to Christ. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me in your heart, your mind, and your spirit. Would you say this with me? Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I know I need you. And I believe what your word says. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And Lord, right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Save me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You prayed that prayer today. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Would you raise your hand if you prayed that prayer for the first time, second time, hundred time today? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You prayed that prayer today when we respond in just a moment. I want you to come down and just tell me, Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer. I prayed that prayer. You need to come and lay at this altar. Everybody here, we could stand to probably come and lay some things at this altar and say, Lord, here's some things. I need to bring before you today. Maybe you need to come today and join this church. 
Maybe you need to go over there to Brother Terry and say, I believe the Lord is calling me to join up with the Gideons. I need to do some changes in my life. I need to live for him. Whatever decision you need to make today, you need somebody to pray over you, I'm going to be here. Julie's going to sing for just a moment. You come to the altar. You come let me pray over you. Whatever you need to do. Father, have your will in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand if you would. We're going to sing. You need to come to the altar. If you need somebody to pray over you, I'd be glad to do that. You respond as we sing.
song if you would remain standing we're going to just sing this song of power we always like to end in worship the same way we started and so we're going to sing this song i speak jesus jesus we need to speak jesus over our sickness over our problems over our homes we need to speak jesus over everything so let's end today as we worship with this song all right let's sing it together
Everybody in this room needs something today. Some have come to forward for prayer for, for healing. Some have come and prayed today, Lord, just for family members. Some have come and prayed for prodigals that are far away from you. And I just want to pray, Lord. We believe you're our healer, you're our provider, you are a way of salvation, Lord. And I just pray, I speak the name of Jesus over every situation in this place today. I speak the name of Jesus over every prodigal that's being prayed for. I speak the name of Jesus over every home that's represented in this room today. I speak the name of Jesus for the salvation of our lost family and friends and loved ones. I speak the name of Jesus over every depression, over every anxiety, over every fear. Lord, would you bring healing in the name of Jesus? Yes, and all God's people say. Amen. Would you be seated for just a second? I have a wonderful couple to uh, present to you today. And uh, we have Miss T. 
Tammy Coffey, right, and uh, Donald Kirk. If you guys would come, they want to join the church today. They both uh, have been saved, have testimony of knowing the Lord, and uh, they're going to get married here in just a little bit, amen? And I'm going to marry them, and uh, it's going to be good, amen? And uh, they want to start off on the right foot, and this is the right foot, amen? And uh, we love you guys, and I know that you will want to come around and tell them how much you love them. And uh, pray for Donald. We're also praying for cancer that Donald's dealing with. And so, but uh, we're going to speak the name of Jesus over that too. Amen. Amen. Well, this is good. Many came today just praying for um, uh, different family members, different, uh, again, needing healing in their life. Can I just encourage you today? God is good. Uh, he, he holds our very lives in our hands whether that means uh, going to be with him or it means having another 20, 30 years, that really is beside the point, isn't it? Uh, the point is that we belong to him, amen? And it's a win-win any way you go, amen? So let's stand. We're going to give the Lord praise for this decision today, and you be sure and come by and tell them you're proud of them, how much you love them, that you're praying for them, amen? Let's, uh, let's go out uh, and go out to our mission field today. Lord, we love you today. God, thank you for everything you've done in this place. Thank you for your presence in this place. And, Lord, as we go out those doors, we are entering our mission field, God. So I pray that, God, you would bless our lives for your service. May everything we say, may everything we do bring glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we speak Jesus everywhere we go this week, Lord. And, God, help you. Help us to just make a difference for you. Uh, be with everyone. Keep us safe as we go home today. May the rest of our week uh, just glorify you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you guys. You are dismissed. <laughs>